This week's major spoilers podcast is brought to you by the following fine and faithful foilerites. Terry Oleus, Daniel Purcell, Dwayne Harder, <laughs> the bathtubs filling up, Brian Gatley, Jason Perry, Jordan Medina, Ivan Peterson, I like that name, Brian Ganninger, Joseph Colorudo, William Hathcock, Daniel Jewison, Alan Bruce, Daniel Weiss, Christopher Hudsmith, Michelle Nielsen, Darren Apple, Trevor he told me how to pronounce it and I forgot. James Humphreys. Jones, yes, they're all silent. Adam Connor, Marcello Poblete Alarcon, Eric Steele, Charles Alba, Joseph Stilwell, Caleb Roberts, Daniel Cotter, and a partridge in a Stephen Blanding tree. Fine and faithful spoilerites all, and this one goes out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this Issue, movie, speculation, excessive alliteration, Ben Tennyson wing victory, no Zachary, action figury, five gold rings. And who am I? I'll tell you who I am. Order all of my sandwich with mayonnaise, a wizard candy crush I can play for days, history of comics, I'm number one, ain't got a gat, got a soldering gun, Victoria should have been the mother all along, I'll kick your butt in a game of ping pong, I'll ace any trivia quiz you bring on, I'm fluent in JavaScript as well as Klingon. I wanted to roll with the gangsters, but it's apparent I'm too white and nerdy. My friends here are an either-or proposition on that, so batten down the hatches, round up the usual suspects, and prepare to make the jump to hyperspace, because the Major Spoilers podcast is over the river, through the woods, and about to be on your air. Welcome to issue 552 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this free podcast. Something you guys can do for us over the holidays. You can go and spread the word about major spoilers. If you are in a chat room, if you're on a message board, <laughs> if you're on the Reddit, wherever you may be, if let you're people in 1987 know. on the IRC, well, IRC is still around. Uh, if you're around, share and spread the words about major spoilers because without you, we wouldn't be nearly where we're at today. And we thank each and every one of you for Hello, that. Future people. Rodrigo, have you played this game uh, 12 Days? I have not. It's a no. card game. Where, eh, yeah, 12 days and using the uh, the 12 items um, from the 12 days of Christmas. It's, uh, who puts it out? Gamesmith, I believe, is what it is. So, like, 12 swans of swimming are a white creature. Yeah, there's 12, uh, you know, 12 lords of leaping. There's 12 cards for that. And then there's one uh, partridge in a pear tree. And the it kind of well, that's goes. That's a legendary artifact. I think. You're trying to uh, try to get all the gifts for each of the days of the Christmas and then score additional points for gathering the most of. The cards for those 12 days. Mm -hmm. I uh, was thinking about picking that up because we're going to go do some holiday stuff uh, this Hmm. upcoming weekend. Uh, But I didn't know if you guys had ever played it. Well, that or Quirkle or uh, Munchkin or Flux, something like that. I think I'm going to take take all those games sound like euphemism. Oh, man, if you haven't played uh, Flux or if you haven't played Munchkin, Matthew, you are missing out. I quirkled her Munchkin after she showed me her Flux. Listeners, this uh, show is brought to you by our good friends at TweakedAudio.com. Head over to TweakedAudio.com and check out their amazing selection of great headphones. I love mine. I can't do without them. And check it out. When you use the checkout code MAJOR at TweakedAudio.com, you get 30% off the price of those headphones. Make some great gifts. I don't know if you can still get them by the holidays, but uh, 
Rush out and get a pair today. That's tweakedaudio.com. Let us get into some news. So a couple of things this week. Uh, rumored that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to uh, produce, direct, and star in a Sandman movie. <coughs> Animal Man ends with issue number 29, and the Sinister Six and Venom are getting their own standalone movies. Let's spin that Wheel of Destiny and see uh, where we land. This lands there right there on uh, number one. Joseph Gordon-Levitt to produce, direct, and star in a Sandman movie. Now, part of that is rumor that's already been debunked. Because um, I guess this was over the weekend, Sunday night, I think it started popping up uh, on the Intard webs. Um, mm. uh, this uh, originally on Deadline, and you know, I, I like Deadline a lot. It's probably not as good as it was when Nicky Fink was, was working with them full time. Um, but uh, they had reported that he would direct and star uh, with uh, David Goyer over at Warner Brothers in a Sandman adaptation of the Vertigo DC Comics uh, collection. Hmm. Turns out Levitt has tweeted that he says, oh, no, I'm only producing as of right now based on a script that I think Goyer is writing. Yes, Goyer is writing the adaptation, hmm. which eh, that worries me. Yeah, I mean, he's really hit or miss. Um, well, and he's he's kind of a, a broader strokes guy. He kind of likes to really hit things and kind of punch subtleties into the ground from my my perspective and that's not necessarily a bad thing but it it doesn't fill me with hope when we're talking about a sandman adaptation i mean that thing is all about the subtlety and the dialogue and the you know in issue one he sets up his own doom kind of thing in his tweet joseph gordon levitt said ladies and gentlemen i'm incredibly honored to be working with david goyer warner brothers and neil himself on sandman mm. and then he hashtagged it prelude <laughs> Yeah, Preludes and Nocturnes was was that book one? Yeah, I, yeah. Two. So maybe that's what we're seeing here is uh, is Hopefully. that first first uh, arc being adap uh, adapted. Rodrigo, I what do you think of this know. news? It's interesting. I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it because there's so much to Sandman, and more importantly, there's a lot of uh, DC stuff wrapped up in Sandman. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you, if you think about almost any given character that appears in Sandman, that's either a reference to something in the DC universe or just a straight up a, a character from the DC universe. Mm -hmm. So what, in order to write this story, they're going to have to take the original source material, chop it up with a cleaver, then chop it up with a smaller cleaver, and then try to put this movie on and I'm, I'm curious to see what they cut out. A lot of the stuff that, that is DC universe related isn't tied to anything else though. I mean, I mean the, the previous superhero iteration of the Sandman and the, the fact that half the people in the book used to be horror hosts somewhere in the DC universe. Right. Right. And I think you know, that would I, still work. I mean, uh, what's the biggest character that we see in there? Constantine? Probably. And I mean, honestly, with Constantine, you can name him something else and have him show up. Um, uh, really, I mean, I mean that's the, 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 the thing about it is, is that there are, you know, if we're, if we're talking about this being a, a multi-picture deal, which is clearly what they're looking for, mm -hmm. um, you know, you think about a lot of individual stories and it's like, are they going to be able to do that? Are they going to be able to show a story in which a bunch of people all will like, you know, go crazy in a diner? 
Yeah. That, are they going? Are, are they going to show us the uh, three lords of hell squabbling over things? Uh, you know, th- there's a there's a lot here that is going to that I think um, Neil Gaiman got away with because he was doing a comic book in the um, what nineties, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it started oh. in eighty nine. Right. I, I, you know, a, a medium that wasn't being scrutinized at that point in its history um, and was able to do a lot of things that way. Like, there's a lot of stuff here that they're n- I, that I feel they're not going to be able to do. Um, it, weirdly enough, I think there's random things like um, having all these deities appear that they might not be able to do because, it, you know, they're going to get uh, picketed. Mm-hmm. I think your main difficulty is that when you say... I want to do a Sandman story. Well, a Sandman story, the way Gaiman did it, is this massive mm-hmm. widescreen scope thing. I mean, if you look at just Morpheus himself, he is driven throughout the series by, what, dozens of influences. He has his six brothers and sisters. One movie is probably not going to be able to deal with that. And well, I, I'm let afraid. Me, let me that- ask you this. If. Levitt says that, it, that Neil Gaiman is working with them. Who's to say that it has to be an adaptation of something that's already been in the comic? What if Neil and Goyer sat down and worked together and came up with an original story about the Sandman that didn't have to, that still set everything in that universe, but didn't make an adaptation of the story? Yeah, I mean, that could be. It could just be either another adventure of Morpheus that we haven't seen or just a brand new thing that take some stuff from the book, but ultimately does its own thing. I like if it does that, if it does the latter, if it just kind of does its own thing, I think it could be a stronger movie than trying to adapt what is a colossal work. Even even the, the first volume of it has so much stuff going on that it's going to be difficult for them to adapt it. Um, the problem that you run into, of course, is is fan backlash. Um if if they go see a Sandman movie expecting to see two hairy guys that live in a house together, I guess they live in two different houses and right. they just go see each other, like where one of them murders them every five <laughs> seconds and that's not in the movie, you know, are people going to complain? This will be a very popular movie, though, regardless, just because of the huge fan base that uh, that Sandman has and that character has and that Neil Gaiman has. Mm-hmm. This uh, could be, you know, a really good move by Warner Brothers to go ahead and, and greenlight this and see what where they can go with it. I would say that doing something new is probably to their benefit because chopping up anything or taking bits and pieces of anything that already exists is going to be to the detriment of the original work. And again, we've I mean, we've seen DC's movie output to date, and I don't want to sound snarky when I say that making sure that it's true to the source material isn't a main concern. I also think it, it kind of can't be a main concern, but it's one of those things where I feel like if I'm going to go see a Sandman movie, I'm afraid it's, it's going to be me bringing a lot of the context to make things work. Uh, wow. Kind of a, the example that I've had recently is the agent of the agents of shield television show. It's a different medium. But it's the same sort of thing where it works on certain levels based on what you bring to it. Whereas mm-hmm. I want, I would want to see a Sandman movie that is an awesome two-hour spectacle movie and maybe give us something new and then 
build if you have to back build to oh by the way his big sister is death and his, I think, his little sister is insanity yeah i i think that um you know i i was i was thinking of saying well you know you you don't have to stick too closely to the original you just have to make sure that you get the spirit of the piece right mm-hmm. but you know <laughs> sandman is actually yeah, sandman is a comic that is so popular and popular enough and has a wide enough base. And it's actually a very um, kind of cerebral comic in a lot of ways that what is the spirit of it? I mean, I'm not saying that it's not something that, I mean, because everybody's going to have something different for some people. It's this basically giant graphic poem that tells you the, basically the life and times and rise and fall of a, a, basically a God you know, for some other people, it's about running around and finding a forest that is hiding out as a fat guy. Yeah. And for me, it's always going to be the uh, world's end where it's stories within stories within stories. That, to yeah. me, is Sandman. There's a point in one of those stories where a girl is telling a story while she is being she is in a story telling a story about a story that she was told about a story that she was told by someone who told her a story. That sentence is, in fact, grammatically and factually correct. So the the thing about it is if you turn this into a movie, Sandman, more than any other comic book I can think of, is a literary experience in terms of it revels in references to old books. It revels in, in the expectation that these are ancient stories, that these are archetypical forms. And you can, absolutely, you can make a movie like that. My question is going to be, you know, what can that movie, what can that movie do? What can that movie be well, to where could, you're making the thing? It could be and do a lot of things. I think it, me going forward on this or anything, whether it be Man of Steel 2 or um, X-Men Apocalypse, I just want a good story. And I think if you can deliver a really good, solid story whether it's a new story, whether it's a diversion from the real character comic book origin, or whether it's an adaptation of something that's in the book, as long as it's good and it's gripping and it's entertaining, I don't care what they do with it. You know what I think would be hilarious is mm. um, if they, because, you know, like the, the, the story of, of, of Sandman, as I understand it, they were like, hey, Neil Gaiman. You know, we're bringing back all these heroes. Why don't you do something with Sandman? And he's like, okay. And then he like did something that was completely different, right? Yeah. And he just like he's like took the name and then it's like, okay, I'm gonna write something else. Um, I think it would be hilarious if they were looking to adapt Sandman. It's like, no, I don't know. This is too out there. Let's bring it back a little bit. Let's making it a guy who fights crime by putting people to sleep. Could be. <laughs> Go back to the red and yellow Sandman who lived with Brute and Glob inside the brain of a 10-year-old boy. Which, which, he, which he did. Yeah. That would, in, that would just absolutely infuriate people. That was the, the premise for the 1974-75 uh, Sandman revamp of the Golden Age character. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I mean, to a, certain, to a certain degree, I'm like, well, what would they cut? And I'm like, well, that. <laughs> That's yeah. what they would cut from the movie. And it, it's weird to me that I feel like I trust Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a creator more than I trust David Goyer, which is odd because, I mean, David Goyer is a pretty prolific writer, and I'm sure he's done stuff that I like. Oh, yeah. There's a few movies that he's done that have been really solid, but then it seems to me that for every 
um, you know, good Warner Brothers movie. He turns out he also is involved in some other piece of crap that <laughs> just stinks to high heaven. And it's like super hit and miss. And I'd, I'd have to go back and, and look at his credits um, to see what he's done most recently. But you could probably go down the list and say good movie, bad movie, good movie, uh, bad movie. And <laughs> maybe he's on. Hopefully this one is where he's on his good movie swing. <laughs> well, I, he was behind Man of Steel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did um, Blade Trinity. Yes. Mm-hmm. He also and, did uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he did, did Transformers, uh, didn't he? Didn't he work on that? He did The Crow City of Angels. I know that. Mm. And uh, <laughs> my opinion on The Crow City of Angels. Did he do Blade or just Blade 3? I'm not seeing Blade on here. Okay. And he did that one did with... Batman, um, he did Batman Begins. He did. He did the one where Anakin Skywalker could teleport. What was that? Oh, Jumper. Yeah. He wrote Jumper. See, that I liked. He wrote... He I mean, he wrote The Dark Knight. Yeah. And The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. He did Flash Forward, the TV series. He yeah, did The Unborn. Yeah, wrote um, for, wrote for that Blade forward. series with the RZA. Yeah, he did do Jumper. You know, so you got to give him some credit. Oh, there. No, I'm sorry. That was sticky fingers. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did Blade Trinity, Blade 2, Zigzag. I don't know what that's about. He did Blade, Nick Fury, did, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. with, uh, David, with Hasselhoff? David Hasselhoff. Yes. I'm out. <laughs> he did Dark City. He did oh, the I Puppet like Masters. Dollman versus the Demonic Toys. Was Dark City, was that a Terry Gilliam joint? No, that was that one where that guy didn't have a memory and he was walking around this city that was like self-contained. Everything was very noir. And, um, and at nighttime, these these uh, guys in long black trench coats come out and hunt people down. Yeah, they're stealing their souls oh, and stuff. With with Jack Bauer and, and Jennifer yep. Connelly. Yep. Yes, I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved that because of Jennifer Connelly. Of course. So when you go down his list, he's got, you know, <laughs> quite a few good movies. So hopefully this will be a good movie as well. I hope so. I, I, Sandman is one of those properties that I want to be epically perfect as a movie. I want to go to this movie and, and be the guy who says to people, yes, I read this in 1990 and you didn't. Ha ha. Because you weren't born yet. Young child. I know that's kind of a douchey sort of thing, but you can, it's kind of like you want your things to be awesome and wonderful and not have to explain why Superman is snapping necks. Mm -hmm. But this is, this is one of those things where everyone, well, I won't say everyone, there's going to be a loud, group of people saying you cannot do this this movie will be awful you are awful your music's bad and you should feel bad well i, th- I don't and- know if it, people are going to be saying that i think there's going to be an awful lot of people that are just like hey man you better not screw this up i think that's going to be <laughs> the bigger thing i don't think they're going to just come out and say this stinks automatically i think they're going to say do not have screw you, this up have you been to reddit <laughs> they, they will say this that. stinks automatically yeah but i, I i'm kind of hoping I, i'm really hoping that we can all just Wish really hard and, and clap for Tinkerbell and make this like the, a huge, massive hit to where we get to adapt all 10 volumes of the book. And 50 years from now, we talk about the ninth Sandman like we do the seventh Doctor Who. I think, I think it would be interesting if, uh, if every movie was directed by someone else, the, the way that like half of any given half a volume of Sandman is uh, yeah. drawn by someone different. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like somebody and Mike Dringenberg. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's so, this story? One of the I other stories and somebody else. One of the other stories up on the news item this week was the Sinister Six and Venom getting standalone movies. If you want to hear what some of us think about this, you should go over to members.majorspoilers.com. We did our December live chat uh, this past weekend, and we opened that up to everybody. It's free, so you don't have to be a member to watch. Just go over there and watch it. And uh, it was a bright and early Saturday morning. I don't know if it's bright because it was we were downstairs in the basement. It was, um, early. It was definitely early, and it was Rodrigo. And D&D Brian and Zach and myself uh, putting on the live stream. And we did talk uh, briefly about the Sinister Stick 6 and Venom getting uh, standalone movies. We also answered a lot of questions that people submitted. That's kind of the point of our monthly uh, live chat that we have with our VIP members. You can find all of that at members.majorspoilers.com. Dot com. Uh, review time. Review. Man, I am still fighting with this. Uh, Dude, you've been coughing for six thing. months. I know. It just comes and then it just sticks around. It happens every fall. Uh, oh, Matthew, last yeah. week, Astro City number seven came out from Kurt Busiek yes. and uh, Brent Anderson. Give us a, a breakdown of what happened. This was a new arc, right? That kicked yes. off in this issue? I believe it rhymes with music, but I may be wrong. But at, yes, Astro City number seven, Kurt Busiek, Brent Anderson, Alex Ross covers uh, What's His Face Doing the Thing, Todd Klein on the Letters. And I am a huge Astro City Mark, so please take that in mind as we go through this issue. I thought your name was Matthew. Ha! And Fergin. Man. This issue is a return of three major players in the Astro City mythos. Is it mythos? Mythos? I don't know. Uh, in the form of Samaritan, who is sort of a Superman archetype. Winged Victory, who is sort of a Wonder Woman archetype. And as we find, you know, from the cover in the last page, the confessor who uh, fills out our archetypical trilogy. I think anybody who knows DC Comics can kind of tell you who the confessor evokes. But this is an interesting story because we haven't seen Winged Victory as a major player since the original six issue miniseries 20 years ago, I think. And in this issue, we get. A, a really tantalizing hint that Samaritan and Winged Victory have been having a relationship slash affair since their date in issue six of the original series 20 years ago. Who knows how long it's been in Astro City? 17, 18 minutes. But in this story, someone is setting her up. Villains, female villains around the world are just going out and committing mayhem and claiming that Winged Victory is paying them that they are on her payroll and that she has been a villainous presence all along. And if you know her backstory, she is kind of a controversial figure. And I really love the subtext of this um, because it does kind of mirror conversations being had in the comic book and gaming industry, especially in recent months about a female character with a strong perspective and a strong uh, agenda of her own and how people are accusing her of being against certain people because she wants to help certain other people. Not mentioning any names, uh, but it's all probably gender-based. Fascinating issue. It's got some lovely dialogue, some lovely moments to it, and the villainous personages are kind of entertaining as well. But when we get to the end, our cliffhanger seems to be the presence of the Confessor. Because we haven't seen the Confessor since his arc of the series 18 years ago. And it's been long enough that this is probably 
the new confessor that was set up at the end of that story. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please go back and check out Astro City and Trade Paperback. Totally worth the read. Totally worth the the money. Is it on Comixology? Oh, I'm sure it is. Uh, Pretty much everything is on Comixology these days, so people can go and check it out. This is a series that I want you to check out because it is an example of how to do things with superhero characters in a superhero universe that doesn't necessarily break down to, and then they fight. And as this issue ends, I'm glad of one thing. The first six issues of this new series have been, understandably, one-shot stories. They're, they're not necessarily vignettes, but stories from different points in the Astro City universe, giving you a different perspective, interesting things you never thought of, at one point showing us the, the support staff that work for the Justice League-type group, the Honor Guard. This is setting up a big character-related arc, and it's giving us something that we haven't seen a million times before while also feeling like something very familiar. And when it comes down to it, we have not gotten into the lives of these characters in quite a while. And the glimpses that we have had have been very limited, very controlled, and very calculating to make sure you want to read more. I really want to know. I want the next three issues of this series right now. I know they exist. Kurt Busiek says they exist. They're drawn and everything. They just won't give them to me. They're going to give them to me a month at a time because they're mean. Um, but again, as a huge Astro City mark, this is a very solid issue. Four and a half slices of meatloaf. The main complaint that I do have with it, and the only real complaint that I have with it, is when you get into something and you're reading it and you're like, oh, right, that, that was 23 pages. And you have to go back and read it again, and it reads just as smooth and just as fast the second time, and you really want to read the rest of the book now. There's just, it, there's a lot here. There just isn't enough, and I want it right now to give me the comic books. Kurt Busick, you're being mean to me. Four and a half slices of meatloaf for Astro City number seven. Definitely, definitely a checkout recommendation. Very good. That was out last week from uh, Vertigo mm-hmm. slash DC Comics. Out this week from IDW Publishing is Ben 10, number two, from Jason Hernandez and Gordon Purcell. This is uh, this comic book series follows the current, I guess it's still going on, maybe it's in hiatus or whatever, Ben 10 series where it's not the first original young Ben 10 and it's not the old teenage Ben 10, but it's the series that's set in between those two time periods. They've kind of gone Ben. Ben Tween. Ben Tween, yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's exactly what this is. Uh, there's nice. some new characters. I don't know who the, uh, who the uh, plumber assistant is that uh, goes around as part of the team, but the entire Ben Tennyson crew is on a uh, vacation in the ocean. They're taking a cruise, trying to get away, and, of course, Trouble always follows Ben 10, and in his quest to uh, try to relax, he meets a girl named Lorelei. Turns out she's a mermaid! Ah, kind of makes sense because, you know, they're on the ocean. Wouldn't make sense if they were on a desert uh, getaway and suddenly a mermaid shows up. But uh, she is part of a colony of alien hybrids living on Earth called the Terrapices, um, which is the same kind of race. Uh, for those of you that know Ben 10 and all of his characters, when he turns into that uh, angler fish guy, they're also the Pisces uh, creatures. But apparently these mermaid people have been living out on Earth for centuries now, hiding themselves, but going out and helping people every now and then. 
And uh, this time they need the plumber's help. They need Ben Tin's help. They need the Omni Matrix to stop Serpent from uh, causing all sorts of trouble. In the second issue, there's a lot of discovery where they're explaining about the Terrapisis uh, culture, why they do or do not need help. We get to see a serpent, and that's how they spell it, um, get up to some of his shenanigans. And we also see Ben Tin and crew uh, aid in the rescue of a sinking ship. So it's very straightforward storytelling. There's nothing too outstanding in this, um, but there's also not really anything disappointing. If you're a fan of Ben 10, you know the formula. This follows the Ben 10 formula very closely. Uh, the art is on character, is on model for this particular series. There's not a whole lot to be um, disappointed in, but there's also not a whole lot to be excited about. It's a very solid book from IDW Publishing. I'm glad they're doing it. The Ben 10 uh, series has been bouncing around from... Uh, it was most recently over at DC Comics in their kids section. Now it's over at IDW Publishing. Solid. It's solid work. It's not super exciting. My son wasn't very interested in it, uh, even though he's a Ben 10 fan. Uh, but it's still solid reading. I'm giving this three and a half slices of meatloaf out of five. If you like Ben 10, I think you'll get a kick out of this. Um, and Lorelai, even as a cartoon character, is not too, uh, too hard on the eyes. So uh, go check that out. Ben 10, number two. From IDW Publishing. Is, is it Walk-A-Trout? Walk-A-Trout? No, Lockjaw. Lockjaw is um, uh, who he turns into as as the fish man. I think it's Rex or Rax or something. I forget his name. Uh, is this blue-white guy kind of thing. So I don't uh, know from Aliens. Yeah, you should go check. If you've never watched Ben 10, I can't say anything for this new series or the current series that's uh, available. But if you follow it from the very first Ben 10 and then through all the iterations to where he grows up. It's a really good, solid story arc and has lots of ties throughout the years back to previous episodes and, and, and different arcs, but it is aimed at selling toys. And that's one thing that you do have to uh, kind of keep in mind, but yeah, this is good enough, good enough book for most people. Uh, Rodrigo also out this week, kiss me, Satan, or is it kiss me, Satan? Number four. <laughs> Kiss me, Satan. Yes. I'm a pirate. Kiss me, Satan. <laughs> Which is uh, my least favorite uh, Kiss album. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kiss me, Satan. Number four is uh, continues the story of a guy with an awesome name trying to protect some uh, witches from some werewolves. Uh oh. Um. I have a I have a complicated relationship with this book in that uh, a lot of the stuff that it's doing is really cool and a lot of the, and a lot it's really interesting, but it's also it also plays some of the tropes really straight and a little too hard for me. Um, uh, this so this guy who's like escaped from hell and is a super awesome bounty hunter. Um, is protecting some witches who have uh, prior, who have knowledge of something important that the werewolves want to keep hidden, basically. Um, so they're like, it's all set in the modern world. They're all fighting and <laughs> lots of gunshots and werewolfing. Um, this uh, this particular issue has uh, some boobies in it, and it has an actual sex scene, Uh-oh. Um, which itself is largely ruined by one of these uh, tropes that it plays very straight. In that uh, when the main character uh, starts uh, putting or really when when they kind of start putting the moves on, on each other because they're, it's, it's pretty obvious that they're they're into it. Um, 
you, you start seeing little text boxes with his thoughts and he's like, normally I totally wouldn't do this, but like, it's okay because she already knows that I'm a, I'm a demon guy. So it's cool. I was like, we didn't need that. We know that she knows. And like my, my opinion of him doesn't change terribly if he has sex every once in a while. Like, it, I don't know. I like that. That really kind of caught me like the, just, just, uh, kind of skewed the book for me because it's clear that uh, sometimes as I read this book, I'm like, clearly this is too much. Some of this stuff is happening ironically, right? Like some of this stuff is so over the top and so macho that they're, they're doing it as a joke. Right. And sometimes it's little things like that, that tell me, no, they're, they're really not like this guy. You are supposed to think that he's the awesomest guy that ever did. Awesome. And he is. I mean, it's very difficult to, like, even though he's not doing a particularly good job uh, protecting the witches, because, spoiler alert, we started out with three of them, no, four of them, and we're down to one. Well, he's not um, doing a good job. You're right. Yeah. Uh, That's like 75%. That's nearly yeah. half. But, uh, which, you know, the, the, story, the story's been fine, but any time that the focus comes back to the main character, I'm like, uh Man, somebody's trying really hard to make me think this guy is awesome and generally failing. Um, so, uh, altogether, I'm still interested in what's happening in the book. Um, I, I would say that by far the weakest weak point of this book is the main character. Um, but makes up for it by having an interesting mythology and an okay supporting cast. Which, again, you know, if... Uh, if if you are concerned about uh, books with a lot of uh, characters, uh, this shouldn't be a problem. They're dropping like flies. So um, I'm going to give Kiss Me Satan number four uh, two and a half slices of meatloaf. Uh, the art is good. I don't I don't really have any uh, any issues with it. Um, all the character design like the characters are the character design is good. Everybody's very distinct. So there aren't too many issues with that. So um, there are some intense moments. Um, somebody, uh, there is there is a tense moment in which someone may or may not harm a child. So if you are Ooh. Uh, triggered by that, that is something that you should be aware of. I don't like um, that. So it's not done for the usual reasons. It's not is it in this case it's not used as shorthand for um you should hate this person, which is you know what the, what is usually used for. So if if what annoys if what annoys you is the uh the triteness of that trope, uh then this shouldn't be an issue. If what annoys you is the um implications of it if it, what if what bothers you is is the fact that someone is harming a child then that's still here so just also, just so you know it's also got the werewolf mafia in it it does have the where yeah the werewolf mafia are the ones that it's are a full moon to, see yeah see? i'm gonna start clawing at the wall see then i'm gonna right. lick my own never mind yeah i mean again there's a lot of stuff in this that's very cool they fought zombie ninjas earlier <laughs> um in, in early issue in earlier issues and again it's like it's so over the top <laughs> And I'm like, I can't read this like, just for this craziness. 
Yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, that's it. It's, it's, it's super crazy. Like they keep hiring other monsters to go after him. When did the Frankenstein nation show up? Because the, the, the Frankenstein's haven't. I don't think they've shown up yet. Um, there's some really intense stuff. There's some gore. There's blood. There's guts all over the place as well. So uh, if you, if you don't like that, but that's, that's what gets me about this book is like, as soon as it's like, oh, now they're fighting a squadron of zombie ninjas. I'm like. Okay, this book is over the top and it's doing crazy things and that's fine. But then the heroes are like, I am the hero and I can't let myself love things. I'm like, ugh. And then he proceeds to get it on with one of the witches. Well, yeah, and which is which is again, which is predictable, right? It's like Is she the only survivor? Yeah, she's the only uh, remaining witch. Oh, which is which is a which you know I did I did shout out spoiler alert earlier, but it is a spoiler because the the previous witch is often this issue, Uh-oh. or or the other uh, witch that remained. I didn't yeah. mean to force you to spoiler there. No, 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 that's fine. I I, I hope. Yeah, we'll find out from Dark Horse uh, tomorrow. You uh, bastards! <laughs> well, this comes out the day that the book comes out. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so the, it'll be out in like five. By the six time hours. anybody can hear this, they could probably buy them. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. We'll um, see. We'll Dark see. Horse Comics, please don't hate us. Nah, they don't, they don't hate us. They, we they love send you us, guys. They continue to send us stuff, so they don't hate us. Unlike right. some direct comic publisher. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Zach is out again this week. He's doing basketball. Wish we could uh, hire him full time, but we're not there yet. But we've got good things coming in 2014. So you will want to keep hitting the site more and more and more. In fact, you want to hit the and site so you can read. Yeah, Probably. Um, and you also want to check out a lot of the reviews that are popping up over at Majorspoilers.com. Try to get a new one out every day if we can. We'll hopefully do that in uh, 2014 some more. A lot of plans for 2014. It's going to be an exciting year with a lot of big announcements, a lot of big things coming. I can't wait to share them with you. Some people have been asking, what do I hear about this Major Spoilers email newsletter thing? It's coming in 2014. Maybe on the first day of 2014. Some of you are already accessing that email newsletter already. Um, Oh, I should probably also mention while you're over at majorspoilers.com, click on that amazon.com button and you can buy all sorts of things over there, whether it is DVDs, whether it is CDs, um, gosh, DVDs and CDs. (laughs) I don't know if you're going to, maybe you can buy that new Kindle that's out. Maybe you want to buy some camera accessories. Maybe you want to buy a new pair of headphones. Um, that are not uh, tweaked audio headphones. A lot of things over at Amazon.com. You just click on that banner link over at Majorspoilers.com. Buy, buy, buy away like you always do. A little bit comes our way and continues to help us support and do all the big things that we've got coming up. And man, I can, I wish I could tell you all the cool things that's coming up. But uh, some of you, by the end of the year... We did that. We had to kill you. Some of you, by the end of the year, your jaws will be on the floor. I promise you that. Will it be me? Maybe. Because that does not sound hygienic. Nope. Well, Matthew, I've hey, seen what, hey, some of the things that you eat. Hey, hey. <laughs> Head cheese. Come on. Hey. Let's get to the poll of the week. I don't want to. You made fun of me. <laughs> You're like, oh, you sure are fat, Matthew. I didn't say that. Well, <laughs> you implied it, Stephen. No, I said you eat head cheese. That's going to be unhygienic right there. Okay. First of all, I have to take the Bill Clinton defense. 
in that I don't eat head cheese. You never, and that you never inhaled it? I never, inhaled, never inhaled head cheese. No, okay. it depends on what the definition of the word is, is. Because I don't eat head cheese. I have eaten head cheese. And these are entirely different matters. Okay. More importantly, and I think this is probably the biggest part, is if I can vamp for another 12 seconds, I'll be able to interrupt myself by going, It's time! For the millions in attendance, and the Zach who's somewhere feeling sad that he's not here with a cool... He is, man. He was texting me today saying, I'm sad. I wish you could be there. I gotta yeah, go do I, basketball. I always feel bad when I miss shows. I think I've missed like four shows in my history at Major Spoilers, and every one of them, you know, just hurts me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Speaking, of missing, not- speaking of missing shows... Uh- <laughs> I'm going to be out for the next handful, yeah. um, but I'll try to call in with, with stuff. But yeah, I, wasn't, not... I wasn't trying to guilt you there. Jeez. No, no, no. I just, just letting, just, Jeez, just letting my cheese. fan know, <laughs> Hey Gary, I'm going to be out uh, <laughs> for a couple of shows. So just so you know, Oh, that Gary, Oh, that Gary, uh, he's such an awesome, it's time for the poll. What? Gadonk Bawang. So, um. Why does your poll of the week sound like a Rube Goldberg device? Oh, man. Uh, so a couple of years ago, the kids really started getting these Mighty Mug things. And we would buy them occasionally, and they had the mini Mighty Mugs and all these things. And now there's this, um, Oh, we don't know when they started. Maybe three or four years ago, too. The Funko Pop vinyl figures. Have you guys seen both of these? Mm-hmm. Now the the kids can't stay away from them. Uh, we've bought a bunch of them the last couple of days. Every time we go to Hastings, they've got like this whole shelf from top to bottom of like all these different properties. That's one thing that I'm really surprised with the, the Funko group is that they've licensed walking dead. They've licensed Marvel and DC characters. They've licensed, I mean, SpongeBob Nickelodeon characters. At least and we hope into, they've licensed. Well, yeah, I hope so too. Um, but, uh, maybe start thinking what these little non-action figures is what I call them. Cause they don't have really many multiple points of articulation. The pop vinyl ones, it's just the head that turns. The Mighty Mugs, they turn on the arms and legs and the head, but you really don't want to turn the legs around because then they don't stand. But that's about it for both of those. They just kind of sit there on your desk and clutter up space and look funky or look mighty. I don't know. They look mighty funky. They look mighty funky at times. And I've bought, you know, I bought a uh, Batgirl Nightwing set of the pop vinyl figures the other day because they look so cute sitting next to each other on the shelf. I was like, I got to buy you two together because I don't want anyone to separate Nightwing and 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 Batgirl ever again. Night not, girl even, and not even not even Gail Simone. But it got me thinking and came up to this uh, poll of the week this week. Which non-action figure do you guys prefer? Do you like the look of the pop vinyl figures? Or do you prefer the bulky smoothness of the Mighty Mug? Rodrigo? <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I, I do like... Or, oh, I guess there's a third one. Yeah, what are these horrible things? No, thank you. Right, right. I, I actually do do like the the look of both of them. Um, I like the pop vinyl. I think they're cute, and I like the mighty mugs. I think they're they're funny. Um, but uh, I would probably end up going with the mighty mugs um, because the design of the mighty mugs, as far as I'm concerned, um, is a little bit more open. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's kind of more room for a Mighty Mugs uh, character to have details on them. Um, case in point, I saw some of the pop vinyl Muppets. Yeah. Um, and some of them didn't look like pop vinyl figures. Some of them looked like they, they because of the like pop out noses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff that Muppets have. They didn't look like some of them didn't look like pop vinyl figures anymore. If you just saw one of them on its own, you wouldn't think, oh, that's like that little uh, big headed Captain America or Batman or whatever figure. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a Muppets figure. Well, they did the there was a I saw a uh, pop vinyl. Um, what's that show with the raccoon and the blue jay? Oh, uh, regular show. Regular, regular show. show. They have one with the guy with that's the gumball machine. Mm-hmm. And he's actually looks like a gumball machine with little gumballs inside his head. So he doesn't really look like a pop, you know, the traditional does, does pop vinyl figure either. Yeah, he does. And I don't remember it off the top of my head. And it, it's like a really common name, yeah, like, like Gary or Gary something or like Ben that. or Charlie, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Um, Mr. Snuffleupagus. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, common. Mm-hmm. Bill Snuffleupagus. Yeah. Bill Snuffleupagus. Gerald, Gerald Snuffleupagus. Yep. That's, that's his dad. Um, <laughs> So, I, I mean, I think, for example, for example, if you did a Mighty Mugs with that guy, with that Gumball guy, you could probably pull it off and it would still look like a Mighty Mugs. Yeah. Um, so I would I would go with the Mighty Mugs just because I think the design is a little bit more open and it allows you to have more characters that are distinct from each other, but also clearly Mighty Mugs, whereas the pop vinyl has a very specific look. And it basically only works with humanoid uh, characters Mm -hmm. um, that are like within a very, basically that have like human faces, but still very clear characteristics, like basically like superheroes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I I am surprised and I'm sure Rodrigo, you've seen them there at the Hastings. Um, I'm just surprised, you know, they've got zombies from the walking dead. They've got characters Mm -hmm. from the walking dead. They've got, uh, the the boy picked up uh, Batman Beyond. He was so excited to find that one. Uh, the the sidekick picked up a uh, Raphael, the Ninja Turtle, and it's, that's pretty good too. I do kind of have to wonder, like, how do you tell two pop vinyl Walking Dead characters apart? Like, if, if it's past. just like scraggly scraggly guy <laughs> wearing a tank top, it's like, oh, this is Rick, and this is like that other guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. If he has Justin Bieber hair, it's the guy from Boondock Saints. Ah, I see. If he has a ridiculous hat, it's the English dude. For me, I uh, I never really saw the appeal of the Mighty Mugs until after we started buying a couple of them. I was like, oh yeah, these are kind of cute. And then I kind of felt the same way about the pop vinyl because they all have the kind of the black eye thing going, which is kind of creepy. Um, but then, you know, in the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks, I'm like, hey, these little pop vinyl figures are, are really kind of neat. So... You know, if you ask me to choose between the two of them, which one would I prefer? I think right now for me, it's the pop vinyl figures. I think just because uh, they stand up a lot better than the Mighty Mugs do. Um, I don't like the fat head. I mean, they both have fat heads, but the Mighty Mugs have just these really stretched out looking faces on the pieces. Um, So for me, I I think it's the pop vinyl. And there's another big difference between the two is the pop vinyl ones are actually a little bit shorter than the Mighty Mugs. I want to say the Mighty Mugs stand between, what, four and five inches tall. The Pop Vinyls, I think, are only about three and three-quarter inches tall, something like that. Mm. Um, 
So if you're looking at shelf space, I think the pop vinyl figures, you could fit more of them on there uh, than the Mighty Mugs. But for me right now, pop vinyl for me. Matthew, what about you? Well, I work in a comic shop, and there are a lot of things in the comic shop that I look at and go. Do you guys get these in the comic shop? Yeah, we had a. We had a Mighty Mugs uh, Destro and the Baroness sitting oh, yeah, on the cool. front counter that was horrifying. Horrifying. I have a Monstrous, red skull somewhere of, of the Mighty Mug. Thing. You remember the episode where the Tenth Doctor and Donna were running around and the fat creatures were like, we are fat creatures, and they were killing people and oh, sucking yeah, yeah. out their fat? Yeah. That's what a Mighty Mug looks like to me. But if I look at a pop vinyl with their dead soulless eyes, I feel like I'm in you know a sequel to Puppet Master. And one of them is going to have a drill come out and just drill me right between the eyes and I'm going to die. Uh, I, I find them both to be horrifying, crazy, chibi monsters that might steal my soul. So I had to choose what are these horrid things <laughs> because holy moly, I'm, I, I mean, the little pop vinyl Captain America is looking at me right now and he's got, it's just a, yes. Master, I will I'm just, obey. I'm just surprised. Like I said, I am surprised Must at how they're Steven able to. For pop vinyl. I, I am surprised at how quickly they're able to come out with new characters and all the licenses that they have for this. Because, mm. I mean, back when Man of Steel came out, I think they were only in the 30s as far as the character numbers go. Uh, and so that was just this past summer. And now they're almost at 100 or well over 100 right now. Different figures in the in the collection. That so it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So, um Looking uh, at apparently, the- I th- I think I might be this picture might be altered, but there's a um a mighty mugs giant man, and it's like double the size of oh, all yeah, the yeah. other figures. Yeah, there are some of those. There are some of those out there because uh, I think uh, oh yeah, I had a mighty yeah. mug Galactus figure that was like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then of course yeah. they have the mighty mini mugs or the mini mighty mugs, which are about half the size. And if you have the mini mighty mini mugs, those are actually an inch and a half tall yeah. and can swarm on you like cockroaches. Uh, Derek says, I like the look and feel of the pop vinyl. The style appeals to me more. I have one Mighty Mugs Batman, which came with a Mighty Mugs Batmobile. However, if pop vinyl made a Batmobile, I'd buy that. Pop vinyl designs are just more whimsical and everyone needs a little more whimsy in their lives, in my honest opinion. I think people also need a lot more Batman in their lives. That's me added onto there. Rob says, a few years ago, a few years ago, I bought a Mighty Mug cap for my brother and I've always regretted not getting one for myself at the same time. So for me, they have that extra me want factor. Mark says, put me in the guy. What are those things? Goodness me. They look like a cheap knockoff that you'd pay a quid for down at the market. Um, and they do kind of look cheap. That's the weird thing. It's like, why would DC I, or why I don't would think Marvel license this stuff? I, I don't think that's true, but th- that that might just be because I personally like, I, I, I don't know. But but if you look at their the paint job, if you look at like the clear amount of design that went oh, yeah. into yeah, yeah. taking one character and wrapping Grabbing it, it yeah. around this shape, I really right? got I really got a kick out of the Mighty Mugs Wolverine. I mean, it's got a couple of claws down at the end, but mm. the paint and the wrap that they use that is great. Same way with Iron Man, of yeah. course. Uh, you bang those two together. I should say you give those to your kids, or no, I should rephrase that again your kids steal them out of your nerd room of doom (laughs) and bang them together and now you know wolverine doesn't have the yellow and black uh, mask he's got a yellow and black with red and green streaks all over it because uh iron uh iron man and and the hulk decided and the hulk decided to get in a fight with wolverine um Uh, so yeah uh mike says for me i will take those statues that come with the character books the nice looking lead ones that don't scare small children. Uh, I think what he's referring to are those ones that are in the, um, 
in previews guide, Matthew, you guys may get yeah. these where it's we the, get them for I forget what the name of the magazine is called. Um, I, I don't remember, but they Inquest. are kind of cool little statues. Maybe that's what it is. But yeah, they come they little, are. they come little statues or they also have the lead statues that come out every week. They or have every month. The, the lead statues are like four inches tall mm-hmm. and they come with a little, a little fact book about whoever it is. And yeah. they get into like really weird depth. Cause like mm-hmm. one, one week it was like Destro and the Baroness and the next week it's like Loki and the Enchantress or something. Yeah, yeah. Just bizarre stuff. Uh, if I had more money, I'd definitely buy a couple of the pop vinyl, but the cap looks pretty weird. Uh, and then Law wraps it up right now saying, I think both are pretty horrible looking. <laughs> How did the rest and of the Major Spoilers Nation vote, Matthew? Well, luckily for us, the Major Spoilers are not horrible looking. However, we are on the podcast. 40% saying pop vinyl. 17% Mighty Mugs. A whopping 43% going, oh, oh God. Uh, and that's a picture, by the way, of uh, Baby Wally from Leave It to Beaver, <laughs> I believe. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. That's young Tony Dow in the 1940s. But, uh, yeah, they are both kind of terrifying looking. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, it, if it wasn't for my kids begging me to get these, I would yeah. never have picked them up. Now, Just, if they have a pop vinyl Legion where I can get, like, an entire Legion... Don't put it past them. They they might see. That's yeah, I the mean, main they, reason. They probably they'll probably get to it eventually. Have you guys like, have you guys seen the Mighty Mugs Sabertooth? Yes. Uh, that, look it up because I, I think it's hilarious. I've got a uh, I've Mighty got a uh, Mighty Mugs. Uh, oh, what's the what's the bad guy's name from uh, Temple of Doom? Oh, Mularam. Yeah, I've got a Mularam one, and he's actually holding a heart in his mm-hmm. hand, and he's got a removable skull cap and everything. So. Kalima. Yep. yep. Creeps the what in God's out. name is that? Oh my God. Mighty Mug Sabretooth is horrifying. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What the what? Yeah. But I and mean, Mighty, look at the design. Not as scary as Mighty Mugs Phoenix. What? Yeah, Mighty Mugs. That's that's one thing about the Mighty Mugs. I, I think in the same set, and, and I think the pop vinyl stuff is the same. Um, it's difficult for them to do like long hair and certain mm-hmm. accessories. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like the Mighty Mugs, um, like I think there's Mighty Mugs Star Wars stuff, isn't there? Yes, yeah, so I've got Boba Fett, Han Solo, and um, Chewbacca. There's a, I think there's a Princess Leia, and she just has like the two buns on, mm-hmm. on either side, and that mm-hmm. looks fine, but like the Phoenix doesn't look very good. And again, you, you go and you, and you look at these, and it's like, it's clear that when they were designed, they were designed with the majority of male characters in mind because right. it's more difficult to do long hair. And if you look at the collections, like there's almost no female characters. Mm-hmm. Well, it's oh, kind of look, the same. A Mighty Mugs Green Ranger. It's almost kind of the same as um, Lego figures, right? When they try to do their female characters, they just mm-hmm. don't look quite right. Like they have a Lego Slave Leia figure that just looks horrible just because it doesn't fit with the blocky design. Yeah. And uh, there's all, they've got these, um, you can do a search. It hasn't been made official yet. I think we're going to see it in January. But the Lego Simpsons figures, we know that there's Lego Simpsons sets coming out, but the Homer figure just looks horrible because they yeah. try to make it fit into that design. Same way with uh, SpongeBob and Patrick in Lego form. So, yeah. When I will say conversely. That's already, that's already a specific weird shape. 
changing the shape makes them no longer the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I will say that conversely, the um, the pop vinyl stuff, since it focuses on just having that gigantic head, is a lot better about like body shapes and hair on top of it. So, uh, you know, as far as design, I guess I could actually go either way. Yeah, if you just do a search for a pop vinyl and you go over to your image search, you will find every single one of them in a giant graphical display. Mm-hmm. Oh. They've got... Uh, if anybody you know, wants to send me the uh, Mighty Mugs Green Ranger and or Jazz from Transformers. They've got a uh, pop vinyl uh, DJ Lance Rock figure. Who's that? From, uh, what's that... Uh, kids uh tv show broby or whatever the yo, got yo, a, yo gaba gaba that's what it's from they've got a pop vinyl cm punk they've got a they've got a pop vinyl um oh, oh, uh, steamboat willie a cm punk really yep okay that might be worth having go look at them go go just do a search just do a search for pop vinyl and then switch it over to your image browser or your image uh selection yeah. they're both both i would say both companies are working Every angle pretty hard. There's a pop vinyl Hordak. Yep. Pop vinyl Stanley. Pop yeah. pop vinyl Predator. Pop vinyl Doctor Manhattan. There's pop, a He Man and an animal. Pop pop vinyl Michael Jackson. They ha- they have a pop a pop vinyl. <laughs> they have a pop vinyl uh, Buzz Lightyear, and his head is extra big with an extra big chin. <laughs> There's a pop vinyl character from The Hangover. And yeah, there's a there's a pop vinyl predator, pop vinyl Marty McFly, mm-hmm. pop vinyl Bell, <laughs> pop vinyl. Is this a good one? There's a pop vinyl Michonne from uh, if that's how it's <laughs> pronounced from Walking Dead, and she comes with two zombies. They've got yes. a uh, pop vinyl Doctor Manhattan. He is wearing pants. So there you go, well, listeners. You can head over to majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote in the major spoilers poll of the week and uh, see what will happen. Who knows. Maybe you uh, take a look at the pop vinyl gizmo or the pop vinyl Mr. Incredible and change your or mind. The pop vinyl Ozzy Osbourne. The, the pop vinyl Mumra figure. The pop vinyl Flavor Flav. The pop vinyl uh, Batman, Wolverine, and Smeagol. Oh, I'm sorry, Gollum figures. The pop vinyl Pennywise from It. <laughs> the pop vinyl uh, Eve figure from uh, from uh, iRobot. I mean, uh, Wally. <laughs> Probably. The pop uh, vinyl Alex from a Clockwork Orange. The pop vinyl Hannibal Lecter figure. <laughs> are these real? Because I stopped being real, real a while ago. No, these oh are all God. real. Uh, there's they a there's a pop Alex. dude. There's a pop vinyl Johnny Ramone. Wow. Hey, there's a CM Punk pop vinyl Hello Kitty as Ace Freely. Pop vinyl a uh, Rocketeer. What? The, the pop vinyl Cortana from Halo. Yep. God, we better stop. We better move on. Why don't we take Who's a the quick girl break? From Mass Effect. Uh, the blue one. Yeah, it's like Liara or something. Let, let's take a quick break. Let's listen to some messages that have been left on the major spoilers hotline. When we come back, eh, we'll see what we're going to be talking about. I know the holidays is one of the things, so stick around. Hey, major spoilers. It's Russ Cat from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, Colin. And I just want us to talk to you a little bit about a couple Kickstarters that I have seen on my daily troll today that I think are worth mentioning. Um, first off is a web series Kickstarter called Wish It Inc. Um, the premise is basically the ins and outs of the fairy godmother's office and all the people who help her with wish fulfillment. Um, reason why I think this is cool is because the 
principal actress of this project is Ellen McLean, who lent her voice to the role of Gladys in uh, the Portal series. Also, the um, production group behind this project, uh, Synthetic Picture House, um, is also responsible for a lot of good Portal fan videos on YouTube. Um, I think they're pretty cool. I'm backing them. Um, yeah, good thing. The second that I found today was uh, a group out of Florida who is doing a translation and a limited print run of Osamu Tezuka's The Crater. Uh, this would be the first time that this story has been printed in North America. Um, their pitch looks good. The art from Osama Tezuka, of course, looks fantastic. Um, very interesting stuff. I'm very interested in this. The last one I picked out specifically for Matthew. Rob Liefeld wants to bring back Brigade. That's right, Brigade. I am not threatening you. This is real. Um, so yes, everyone should go help Rob Liefeld bring back Brigade because, you know, it's the 90s and it's in vogue. Haha. -ha. Um, anyways, thanks for everything you do, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, Major Spooner, it's Blue Yonder here. I just finished listening to your uh, Sleeper podcast, and I had a question, uh, I guess a question slash comment. Uh, do you think since Sleeper is part of Wildstorm, and now after the New 52, Wildstorm is part of the DC Universe, could Sleeper be one of these uh, low-budget uh, DC movies? And if so, do you think it could be a, a lead-in for some of the Black Ops stuff we see in Suicide Squad and uh, Team 7? And, you know, could that be a way to bring superheroes into the forefront? Uh, I think it's just an idea worth thinking about. If they wanted to actually put superheroes in Sleeper, they could actually tie it directly into the DC Universe, the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, I also want to give uh, props to Zach for noting that DC really needs to pick a direction and stick with it on their cinematic universe. That's a hang-up I've been having with their direction for a while, and just really glad that Zach got up and pointed that out. So, good job, and I'll keep listening. Bye. Thank you for those phone calls, and listeners, if you would like to call and leave a message on the Major Spoilers Hotline, it's very simple. You just pick up your phone or turn on your Skype or whatever you do to send the telecoms across the distances. I don't know how that's supposed to work. Pop vinyl, Simpsons figures. All you have to do is call the Major Spoilers Hotline. Matthew, that number is... 785-727-1939. Coincidentally, it's my 43rd birthday right now. Hotline. Pop vinyl. Pop vinyl, Domo as the Flash. Yeah, there's one for a lot of DC superheroes. I saw oh Pop Vinyl, God. Domo Green Lantern. Pop Vinyl, oh. Freddy Krueger. I hope the kid doesn't ever see those. There's pop, a Pop Vinyl, there's a Pop Vinyl Run DMC. There's a Pop Vinyl Billy, the puppet from Saw. Yeah. There's a Pop Vinyl Gangnam Style guy. There's a Pop Vinyl oh, Kevin Smith and, uh, or I'm sorry, Jay and Silent Bob. Well, there's a Pop Vinyl Bane. Hey, yes, hey, Steven. I have my permission to stop talking about this subject now. Yes, Rodrigo. You know what's, uh, you know where you can get a lot of pop vinyl figures? Where? On Amazon. They yeah. actually have a lot of them. Yeah. And I think a good way of doing that, if you wanted to pick up some of these, would be to use the uh, link on uh, the major spoiler site to go to Amazon and then purchase these. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. You know what else you can purchase? 
In 1980s, Michael Nesmith had a record label called Pop Vinyl where he put out his individual solo records. You'd buy that vintage vinyl from they the have, Amazon. It would be so crazy if they had some Pop Vinyl monkeys. Yes. So we're changing up the format of the Major Spoiler Show just a little bit. Um, probably what we're going to do, because a lot of people like the uh, what was generally referred to as the weekend show. Used to um, be. Yeah, was, even though it really wasn't a weekend show, it was just a second bonus show. <laughs> But a lot of people like the discussion stuff that we did there. Um, but a lot of people still also like our trade reviews. And we've kind of run through some of the big trades that we've wanted to review over the last couple of years. And so we're going to try to mix over the course of a month, mix those two up. So we'll probably have two to three episodes a month that will be general discussion. And then we'll also have a trade paperback uh, discussion as well. Uh, it's something we're going to tra- play around with, see what happens. Never know. Maybe it'll work, have, maybe it won't. You have both. You have the, the one, you have the other. Yeah. You make, everyone's included. Everybody's happier. And when you make everybody happy, it's more money. And I think that's important. No, that's a joke. That's a they, Steve Martin joke. That's a joke. None of us get paid. <laughs> well, you do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, and that's why everyone needs to go over and sign up for the Major Spoilers VIP. Become a VIP. Members.majorspoilers.com. When you sign up for either the bronze, the silver, or the gold, you get different bonuses. You'll get uh, you'll get in if you're a gold member. You get into the monthly chat. There's a bonus uh, track where we provide commentary for a movie. I think in January, based on our discussion on the weekend, we might be doing Godzilla. Hmm. The '54 Godzilla. And that's what I. That's what I don't know. Nobody was very specific of that. They just said since Zach had never seen any Godzilla movies, maybe we should do a Godzilla one. I'm if like, if we're well, going to do the '54 Raymond Burr, I'm in. Well, but see, that's the question: Do we do Raymond Burr, or we do the original Japanese, or do we do the one that I'm thinking, Godzilla on Monster Island? Oh, we could do that. Do we have that one with subtitles? Because I don't know. I haven't looked on the iTunes. To, to be honest, I think I think that might be the way to go about it. Let's find. The Godzilla movie that is most that is easiest for us to get. Exactly. The easiest to get and understand and or read. Hopefully it will be badly dubbed into English. Well, here's what we have for uh, Godzilla movies. Let's see all here up on the iTunes. We have Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Godzilla uh-huh. Final War. Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla 2. Godzilla 2000. Godzilla versus Mega Gyrus. Godzilla versus Mothra. Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Whoa. Godzilla versus Destroya. Destroya. That's my second favorite. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. Godzilla Mothra and King Ghidorah. Uh, uh, Godzilla raids again. Godzilla's Revenge. Godzilla versus the Thing, which is uh, the giant moth. Um, what did, did you say? Final Wars? Yeah, there's that one. Whoops, sorry. Uh, Final Wars is interesting because yeah, the like... the American Godzilla character appears in Final Wars. Oh, yeah? And gets annihilated in like three seconds by the original Godzilla. I'm thinking it may be a meta statement yeah, by, yeah. Uh, by the owners of the character. But yeah. Well, so, uh, I don't know. I am looking at uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Isn't that the 54 Raymond Burr? Yeah, that's the Raymond. Well, Burr. no, I'm sorry. This one is. Um, oh yeah, it does have Raymond Burr. This is the uh-huh. American one. A lot of people don't realize that that 
Godzilla, when it came out in Japan, big success. And the Americans are like, well, how are we going to bring this over to the U.S. and make it work? Ah, here's an idea. Let's take Raymond Burr and film a bunch of just scenes with him yep. reacting doing, to what's being seen. Yeah, and basically the destruction he's a, of the city is destroyed. Yeah, he's like a reporter or something. And so you see him just talking to a microphone, and now Godzilla is walking across the city. And, and they the just best part is keep his cutting name back is and forth Steve for Martin. Oh, is he really in the movie? He is a wild and a crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, that came out in 56 Six. in the U.S. And now that is available. That is available uh, over on iTunes and would be very easy for us to do. Although Godzilla versus Mothra is still pretty cool, too. Now, is that that's the one that they did on Mystery Science Theater 3000, isn't it? Yes, they've done that one. They I was just watching last night um, uh, Gamera, the very first Gamera movie. Oh, did they finally get those to DVD? They have them on Netflix. Oh. And, oh, man, I got to tell you, I am really disappointed in how poorly standard definition programming stands up or does not stand up in this day and age. Because, man, you watch Mystery Science Theater in SD on an HD monitor, and it's just, like, pixelated, bad keying. You see... um you see where they've been layering in things. It's just really, really bad. And it makes me feel sad because Mystery Science Theater used to be one of my big things that made the Saturdays complete. Technology marches on. It's uh, two two things about that. One, uh, presumably there's a way if they had spent more time uh, up converting it or or just um, remastering it, you probably wouldn't see one of those Yeah, probably not. And two, you shouldn't feel too bad because... Pointing out that Mystery Science Theater looks bad <laughs> is kind of against its mantra. It's true. Do you guys you remember? Really do you guys remember up. watching Mystery Science Theater when it was originally on? No, I don't think yeah. I was. Still, I don't think I was living in the United States. Oh, when okay. Mystery Science Theater first. Came this would have been like mm, what would have that been, Matthew? Like ninety two or something. It's right um, when we got Ha. It's right when our cable network here in Hayes started getting Ha. Well, and, they actually uh, had Ha, and then I, I think MST3K didn't come in until Ha merged with the HBO Comedy Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then became Comedy Central, which happened, I think, in 1990, because I remember uh, right before April Fool's Day, they were running a countdown and bars and tones saying, coming soon, Comedy Central. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember but, that. Yeah, I, I watched it as early as possible. And the first one that I saw was a terrible one. But the one, and I can't remember what it is now. Damn it. But the one that really sticks with me is Puma Man. Mm -hmm. Puma Man. Because, you know, superheroes, they stick in my head. I I know the superheroes, and I have to be able to say, well, there was a Puma Man. He 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 had the power of a Puma. He sucked. But, you know, yeah, sometimes I will quote Mystery Science Theater, and it's to the point where I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it came from Mystery Science Theater. It's so ingrained in, in my psyche. Yeah. And I, I did one the other day and somebody just said something. I'm like, Trumpy, you can do stupid things. <laughs> my and favorite people is. People like, that's Mystery Science Theater. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. My favorite oh. one is the one with the uh, the giant Gila monster. And the <laughs> I'm guys, Satan. I'll be back <laughs> later in the picture. And then uh, uh, Squirrel Brian and I, our favorite line from that is, hey, kids, here's a gesture for you. <laughs> And so yeah, you there see was us do that all the time. The episode where they're having the long discussion about uh, calling each other a dickweed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom says it's not nice to call each other dickweed. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like Comedy Central and KTMA um, were starting in 
like the second season. Yeah, that's the um, the Comedy Channel and rival Comedy Channel Network Ha merged to become Comedy Central. Yeah, that's when it became the signature series from thirteen to twenty four episodes a year. Um, Comedy Central ran Turkey Day, a thirty hour marathon on yes. nineteen ninety one, and that's when I would have seen this because my very first memory of uh, Mystery Science Theater was their Thanksgiving Day marathon because. Um, you know, my parents or my mom especially put a lot of emphasis on you got to come home for the holidays and spend it with the family. But I was working at the radio station at the time and I could make a lot of extra money working the holidays. So I was all alone, nobody around. I'm living in my little crappy apartment that's literally, I think it was maybe uh, 10 feet wide by 40 feet long. Is this was, the one on 4th Street? Yeah, the 2nd Street one oh, yeah, across from I the football it. field. Um, it's really great, um, but really small. And I just come home and I had just gotten a... Um, a TV VCR unit and got cable and I was sitting there eating a <laughs> so sad. I was sitting there eating a baked potato because I didn't have anything else to eat that night. And I turn on and I flip through and I see these people making fun of a really bad movie. And I was like, what is this? And I think it was through a, through uh, a haze of tears. Uh, yes. I started laughing. And I think the, the one was um, master ninja, you know, American ninja. Yeah. Where, you know, Master the, Ninja theme song ba, 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 ba. and somebody, a uh, longtime listeners of the major spoilers podcast will recognize that version of our theme based on Master Ninja theme song. Yep. Um, and I just watched that and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to bed and I'd pop in the VCR, or pop in a tape and let it record all night. And then the next day, start up a crock pot and then just sit there, go to work, come back and watch another marathon session of those uh, episodes yep. and just eat my sad Thanksgiving meal. Did that for like three years in a row. And it was wonderful. And I, yeah. you know, I'm sure Thanksgiving with family and friends is really important too. But man, Thanksgiving with uh, Crow and Mike, um, Joel and, uh, uh, and Tom Servo was Servo. the best. Did I tell you how I went over my, uh, my data allotment in November? No. I worked the afternoon of Thanksgiving at four to midnight. Uh, in that time, I took maybe 19 phone calls. And so I was watching the streaming Turkey Day marathon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Joel Hodgson did. Yeah. And I, it was it was awesome because they did, I can't remember the movie, the one with Rouse Dower. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there just cracking up, and the phone rings, and I almost answered the phone, Rouse Dower. Oh, it was funny. But, it you know, it was really kind of a flashback. Uh, I remember they did the promos where they would sing, it's 30 straight hours, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's called Turkey Day. Yep. And then the crow did his turkey fact number 12 yep if you leave a turkey out in the rain he'll drown <laughs> yep. stupid bird yeah man that, that was a great series and i did see that what? i did watch about uh, 20 minutes of the live stream or of the restream of the stuff over this yeah. past thanksgiving it was um, nice they they did i missed the one with blast hard cheese mm-hmm. um which is probably my favorite episode after hi kiba captain yeah yeah where they have the theme song. He tried to kill me with a forklift. Do you have? Do you have the uh, uh, Sing Misty for me and Clowns in Space? Do you have those I albums? Don't. I do. No. They're they're all the songs from the series um, <laughs> put into album form, and it's great. This, this will tell you. About a year ago, I went with the the widget and the wife to Denver, and we stayed with Otter Disaster and his lovely family. And there were things that we did to make sure we did stuff. You know, we went to Mile High Comics and we went to, you know, his his cool restaurant that he loves. And we hung out and the girls got to go shopping. And one of the things that we did was we watched Mystery Science Theater 
on Saturday night on the Netflix after the, the wives and the children had all gone to sleep. And we watched um, the terrible one, Monster A Go-Go, the movie that was so bad. Well, just a preference, apparently... just a preference. All the movies were bad, but by far oh, the no, worst no. was Manos, Hands of Fate, where no. everybody on the show just apologized for the entire two Mon- hours. Monster A Go-Go didn't even have the, the entertainment factor of Manos where you could go, the master. No, there's nothing you can quote. And Monster A <laughs> Go-Go gets to the big climax at the end. And then they're like, there was no monster. There yeah. never has been. I'm like, what? What have I been doing for the last 85 minutes? I mean, it, it brought Servo to tears. Yeah. He cried. Have, have you guys seen any of the, um, what is it, Titanic? What's the other one? That Cinematic, Cinematic Titanic. Cinematic Titanic and then the other one. There's, they're Rift both tracks. Rift tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinematic Titanic is Joel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mary Jo um, Fell, Plill. Mary Jo Fell, and I think Trace Kevin Ballou. Murphy. I think Murphy is in Rift Tracks oh, with okay. Mike Nelson. Yeah, you gotta gotta get them both to get the whole crew back together. Yeah. Well, um, they did. De- they 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 were doing a a tour where mm-hmm. it was like the whole Mystery Science Theater crew together. Well, and then there's also the fact that there's technically more than one crew. I mean, even TV's Frank isn't part of the original group, right. although I don't know. I don't know if Dr. Earhart is still there. Frank is with cinematic Titanic and trace Ballou, who was Forrester and, um, what's his name? Uh, not yeah, Mike Murphy or yeah, Mike, no, the other guy, um, well, Dr. Earhart, Dr. Earhart. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Michael the, Nelson the, is on riff tracks, right? Mike Nelson is on Rift Tracks, and so is Kevin Murphy and um, the other guy. Mm-hmm. But it was the original voice of Servo. Josh Weinstein? Thank you. And when Murphy took over as Servo, I actually liked Servo a little better. Servo doesn't really come into his own until he starts having that weird megalomaniacal yeah, streak. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. He, gets his, he gets his dome head instead of the tubular head. Mm-hmm. But My, uh, when, go ahead. when Murphy really gets going as Servo and, and starts going off, it's fascinating to listen when he's got, there's the one where he's like, and I've created uh, monozygotic copies of myself, <laughs> Ron Sellwall. Yeah, yeah. They'll invade the body and then they'll replace the cells with miniature copies of themselves. You got to love that bit. So, um, of course, uh, Scroll Brian and I loved it. Uh, that's how we became friends because one day I just made a comment off the cuff from the show and he's like, responded right back. And it's like, hey, Mystery Science Theater, let's be friends. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Um, but w- I remember when we were able to, and again, this is when we had access to the internet, but it wasn't through, you know, a, a web browser where you had to, you know, target in and do searches and type in IP addresses and all that stuff. Um, we actually found sites that were already posting stuff in like 92, 93 episode guides and mm-hmm. what all the references meant and where yes. you could buy the parts to build your own, um, robots. And for years, I've been trying to do that. And finally, um, over the last couple of years, my wife has bought me um, models of working models of Tom <laughs> Servo and I'm Protein tired Robot. Of you crapping up the house. Here's a working <laughs> robot. Yeah, yeah. And so they're they're puppets. I mean, they work on. They're made out of the same materials that the originals yeah. were made out of. Rodrigo's seen them. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, hanging around the house. I've Whoa, seen Servo. Rodrigo. Servo spent a while in your, your Facebook. Yeah, yeah, he was. I need to bring him back. Yeah, I get Crow the, in there, too. The great thing about Servo was the little the little barrel bank that his gut is made out of. Mm-hmm. Yep. They used to sell those in the only grocery store in Lincoln, Kansas. 
And every once in a while, I'd go back and visit my mom, and I'd be like, I need to buy some of those banks. Mm-hmm. I need to buy them up and sell them to, to Misty's out You know, there some of those around. parts you can't find, like the uh, Tupperware uh, part that makes up uh, Crow's body. You can't find that. So the only way that people are doing it is they're making molds off of an original one. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can these things still go for several hundred dollars and higher on eBay. Isn't his lower body just a, a, a bowl? Well, it's a it's like, like a, a vase combination. Yeah, yeah, it's a vase combination. But it's like you can't find that Tupperware product anywhere anymore. Yeah, and it, uh, the the gumball machine that makes his face, you can pretty much buy in any. Oh, order. look, here you go. Uh, right up now on the eBay, Tom Servo ro- robot puppet replica, full size, uh-huh. uh, two hundred and seventy five dollars for buy it now, which is a pretty good price. Or an autographed deluxe Tom Servo robot puppet replica, full size number two, signed by Joel, Trace, Frank, Mary Jo, and Dave Gruber, $845. Gruber? $945 for the first one that they have. Gruber? That's what it says. I love Gruber. Oh, here's a really bad Tom Servo custom prop. Uh, Uh, It's it's going for $49. (laughs) Uh, Rodrigo, do you remember you the been? Higgins boys and Gruber? Yes. Rodrigo, have you ever been into buying uh, like prop things like life-size replicas or anything like that? I mean, for, for uh, Christmas, we got you that life-size claw right. from the dinosaur, which I hope I hope you like that. Yeah, uh, Stephen, Stephen for uh, or, or I guess the, the Schleicher family for Christmas got me a uh, Baryonyx claw. Um, which is, I, I'm pretty sure it's a replica, yeah. uh, but I haven't, I haven't tried to, Dude, uh, cut open your friends. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried to kill any, uh, moderate to large size sauropods uh, with it. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure. May not work. No, I've never really been much of a collector for two reasons. One, I usually only like the things that I like, which, uh, and it seems like a, 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 a obnoxious statement but within say any given uh group of toys or action figures or whatever i usually will only like a few of them you know i had a lot of he-man uh toys when i was growing up but usually i only wanted the bad guys because they were the most weird looking yeah yeah um and and with he-man you had plenty of choice uh, as far as weird looking bad guys you can have half a dozen bad guys yeah, I, I mean, uh, there were a few good guys that I liked in it, too. But probably the least interesting guy to me in there was, like, your He-Man and your Man-at-Arms, um, who where you could actually see a human face somewhere on their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of what happens is anytime that I kind of start a collection simply by purchasing some sort of thing, um, I, I never finish it because I don't much care about a particular character. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to spend money on that, on that character unless it comes as part of a two pack. And then I don't, I don't necessarily want to like, I have now I have six Batmans, right. Which is a, a problem that a lot of people run into. Right. Um, well, the I'm second just... reason, the, the, the second reason why I don't uh, usually collect things is because I'm poor. And yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it gets to a, it gets to a point with a lot of things where in order to complete your collection, um, you are going to have to spend a lot of money unless you are collecting something that's not very uh, well regarded or that people care about. And even then, the longer you wait to finish your collection, the more, yeah, the more that price goes up because then it becomes kind of this very exclusive thing. Well, I ask because, you know, this weekend, 
coming up over at uh, Heritage Auctions. Uh, they've got the Profiles in History Hollywood Auction. And in this thing, there are some major items that are going up for sale uh, throughout history. You're going to be able to buy, like, Han Solo's uh, blaster that was used in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. They're expecting that to get, like, $100,000. They've got a life-size Dalek um, that's a, that was a, actually used in, in the movies that are they're thinking that's going to go for, like, $30,000. Then they have things like um, Power Rangers putty masks. Uh, that are going to go for like fifty to a hundred dollars. They've got a uh, Power Rangers belt buckle that's going for like two hundred dollars is what they expect it to go for. And so I didn't know if you know owning that kind of stuff was exciting, interesting. I mean, a lot of Doctor Who stuff, a lot of Star Wars, a lot of good space stuff. You should go over to um, um, Heritage Auctions uh, or I'm sorry, Profiles in History. Um, Profiles in Courage. Yes, and check out their book. I mean, they, you can just download a PDF of this thing. And it's uh, it's pretty cool to see what's going up. I mean, they've got the Harrison Ford's Blade Runner gun is going between four thousand and eight thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Is that the gun that he used to shoot the guy with the thing? Yes, uh, Sting from the uh, Star or from uh, the Lord. You can of the Rings. buy Sting. You can buy Sting, and he'll come to your house and teach you how to do tantric sex. It would be. Well, it would be. It would be great. Yeah. No matter what, it's like I would want um, to get a thing where I have Sting holding, like stabbing Sting with Sting. Yes. Yes. But which Sting is stabbing Sting with Sting? Ah, well, we'll figure we'll figure it out later, depending on whether he's still working for Vince McMahon or not. Yeah. So uh, go over to profilesinhistory.com. You can find out more about this. The catalog is just I mean, it's hundreds of pages long and you're going through this and they've kind of, they try to have things broken up. Like here's autograph pictures and those kinds of things. And then you just get to these fantastic pages of my God, you guys are actually going to sell this and auction it off. And it's like, I've, I've thought about, Oh, maybe I should buy some of this stuff. And then you look at the price tag, 50,000, Um, you can buy some of the original seats that were in the Mons Chinese theater. Um, I think those are going for a lot and they're expecting those to go for, $20,000 for like 150 seats. Yeah. Which is a pretty good deal. That is, that is pretty impressive. And I don't know, it would be interesting to have things like that, but you also have a, have to have a place to keep. Well, true, like true, true, true. I mean, something that has a historical value like that, I'm sure yeah. you would want to package away, but what about you, Matthew? Is it, is something like having, um, you know, a, um, uh, even if it's a prop replica of, mm-hmm. um, what's her name? Evil Nina from the Power Rangers, which <laughs> Rita, Rita, Evil Nina, <laughs> Evil Evil Nina. Nina. 99 red balloons. Yes. What's her name? Help me Rhonda from the Power Rangers. <laughs> you know the one, but you know, her big staff, if you had a replica of her staff, is that something that interests you or maybe one of the, one no. of the swords that the Power Rangers use? My problem is, and this is the problem that we saw with the Ranger keys is I am by nature, a completist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you buy and them there, all? I haven't bought all of them yet. I'm never going to buy all of them because there, there is one single key that is like so rare that it alone is fetching a hundred bucks. I'm never wow. going to pay a hundred bucks for a four inch piece of plastic. It's not going to happen. Smash cut to six months from now. Not going to happen <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Ranger keys complete hashtag. I did it. But here's the thing. For me, complete is all of the ones that I want, which means all of the rangers. Yeah, yeah. The characters that are really expensive are the the extra heroes, 
I'll have all of the Rangers and all of the six Rangers if I get three more keys. So I'm like, yeah. And then there's a bunch that I just flat don't want and probably am not going to want, which I'm also fine with that. And that's kind of the thing is once I had them, the question then became, what am I going to do with them? And thankfully, you know, Widget and I found a way to to put them on display, which is kind of disappointing to her because you don't get to oh, mess with them and with play them. with them and yeah. flip them around and everything. Put them in a but, curio cabinet or something. Uh, we, yeah, they're not a curio cabinet so much as a shelf because there's 180 of the things. But you, you know, know the- if if I could buy, like, if you could say to me, okay, you have money to spare, you yeah. are not going to inconvenience the family. And you have a chance to go and buy, you know, Dragon Ranger's original green helmet. That might tempt me. But then I'd be like, oh, well, I have Dragon Ranger. What if I go and yeah, buy Tyranno Ranger? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or no, I'm just going to get the six Zoo Rangers. But, but what, if you, like, get, what well, if you want to get the, the uh, six Zoo Rangers? What if you want to get uh, Dick Van Dyke's Burt jacket, the Neapolitan jacket that he wore in Mary Poppins? When they're doing their that. Jolly Holiday? I want the 80, Ottoman. 80 to $100,000 for that. See that just that for the jacket. They have a they have a rocket men from the moon uh um um helmet. Twenty thousand to thirty thousand dollars for that. I'm I'm in the Gene Siskel school. Did you ever hear the story about how Siskel bought Tony Monero's white white suit? Mm-mm. Siskel bought Tony Monero's white suit from Saturday Night Fever, and he kept it in his home because it was meaningful to him. Yeah, and he you know it, he loved. That suit and that movie and what it says to young Gene Siskel. And I love that story because it tells you so much about Gene Siskel. And you look at him and, you know, Gene Siskel looks like a librarian. Mm-hmm. He had the, the bald head and the, the tweed jackets. And you're like, I can't see Gene Siskel being in love with this. But then you think in 1977, what was Gene Siskel like? Yeah, yeah. I love that. If you said to me, Stephen, you say to me. What is up for sale at Sotheby's this week? The original Disney prop that they used for Vincent in the Black Hole. And it's it's $1,100. Oh, I'm sure it'd be more than oh, that. But I they know. do have, the, let's see, here's another one. Uh, don't, the Green don't look Hornet, at me like that, woman. The Green Hornet gas gun that was used in the TV series, $6,000 to $8,000 is what they're see. expecting from that. If, if uh, it's something that Mork, you really Mork from about. Orcs, Mork from Orcs costume from Mork and Mindy. Ooh, the red suit? Yeah, the red suit, $6,000 to $9,000. Oh, I'm sorry, that's for the egg. Uh, $20,000 okay. to $30,000 for the Robin Williams Warren Mork from Mork suit. Okay. Things that, I mean, there are things that I would love to buy, but I would never buy because I'm never at a point, even when my finances are good, where I think my finances are good. Even even if, Willy Wonka's costume that'll go between ten and $60,000? That would be one. Colin's coat, the six doctor's coat, I would like. You know, these there are things that would have value to me on an emotional, nostalgic level. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I could ever actually bring myself. Oh, I know. It'd be so hard, even with the money. Yeah. I would feel irresponsible, even if I were. At- <laughs> I would, too, because I'd just be like, give me everything. I'll take two of them and two of them. And, uh, is well, that I was Amy trying Joe to find Johnson for sale? I I'll was trying to Amy find, I'm trying to get to the page. It's taken me forever to scrub through, but, um, cause I had this open a few days ago and I was looking at all this stuff. They got a Star Trek uniforms that were used, Spock ears. Um, they've got from big trouble in little China, you know, when low pan is glowing from the inside and he's, uh, in the wheelchair and he's glowing and he's transforming into the young low pan. 
that is for sale. That I had full the young figured man this weekend. <laughs> that that full figured that character is up for sale. And I'm you like, ever had oh. the young Lopan, Rodrigo? Uh no, it gives me gas. Yeah. I like the young Lopan with shrimp. They have some uh they have some gremlins, uh Ooh. puffy balls. Do they have stripe? They have uh Batman's costume that Michael Keaton wore in oh. Batman Returns, forty to sixty thousand dollars. They Ooh. have the studio process Batmobile, the interior cockpit of the Batmobile that was used in the movies. Now, uh, the, sixty the, to eighty thousand dollars. The sixty-six Batmobile. That's the kind of thing that I would, I would, you know, you be can, interested. You can buy one of those. They're um, depending on where you're getting. They they have a licensed uh, these where you can buy one. I think it's like $200,000 to get an officially oh. licensed Batman 66 replica. Well, let me just write them a check. Well, yeah, man. What's so hard about that? Uh, clearing. <laughs> just write the check. Tell them not to cash it for 90 days. And then in the meantime, and then in the meantime, you, uh, you move somewhere else and change my name, change your name. <laughs> See, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, when it comes down to it, there's, there's a level of collectordom that I, I just, I can't see myself ever getting to because I've never been at a point where I can say $60,000 for a collectible. Yeah. And, and with a straight face. I mean, I have trouble. I, I've never paid more than $100 for any individual comic book. And the one that I did pay that kind of money for, I feel really foolish about. And I am probably the most hardcore jack wagon collector guy in the world. <laughs> that's a good book, and it's not. But I think it's one of those things where you have your level of comfort and anything past three digits, we're getting to a point where that's the edge of best case scenario oh, yeah. available petty cash for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't like spending more than three digits on groceries for the week mm -hmm. for a family of 3.4, you know, because the, the widget, she's short. She doesn't have all of the functional organs. So. They have full-size uh, dinosaurs on eBay, Rodrigo. Oh, full-size dinosaurs? Full-size dinosaur replicas. You can buy a, uh, where's the one I was looking at the other day? It was like in the 20s of, you know, $20,000, I think is what it was. Dinosaurs a, weren't uh, around in the 20s. For like a Triceratops, a life-size model of a Triceratops. That's pretty big. Yeah. I mean, just imagine, could you have one of those like parked out in your front yard? I, I would have to because I wouldn't fit in my house. I don't know where you. I, I has to be for museums that are buying those things. It's pretty crazy. Well, or, or you know, like roadside attractions. Yeah, I guess do do a search for life size statues up on uh, eBay, and you'll find all sorts of really cool things. Life size statues on eBay. Do yeah. Um, man, we're almost out of time. We spent so much time talking mystery science theater, and um, uh, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about real quick. Christmas time is here. It's Christmas that special time of year. Is here. So I next week, like some beer. next week, a lot of people have been saying, oh, hey, uh, Wednesday, the 25th, go buy your comics, go buy your comics. And I'm thinking to myself, are there even going to be stores open on the 25th? Matthew, are you guys open on the 25th? The 25th is one of the few days we are not open. We will be open at some point on the 24th, but last year I think Chris closed early. Well, and here's the reason why I say that, because if, if you go over to um, over to the Diamond website, they're now saying that, hey, instead of waiting until Thursday to get your comics, 
due to the Christmas holiday, a Tuesday release date is scheduled for these books to be in stores on twelve twenty four. And I think, don't you guys get your comics now on Monday anyway? Well, yeah, I went in today to do some uh, backlog work, and tomorrow's comics are in house. I mean, they, yeah, so they can they are physically present. They're allowing the retailer to sell them on the twenty fourth. A day early right. than normal. That's nice. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, certain books we get not just a little bit in advance. We get them a lot in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one bat title that I think they asked us to hold for like 45 days. But I think that was due to an unusual. Oh, that was that printing issue with the bat girl saying GD or whatever in it. No, it was it was sooner than that. It was something where the book came out the same day as a horrifying tragedy. Oh, right, right, right. I remember it may that. Have that was been, a, yeah okay. I remember it. I don't remember the exact. Yeah, I it think was, it was a it Batman was a bat- Incorporated issue that came out the same day as the yes, shooting. Because it, yes, because it featured a student going in or a teacher pulling out a gun in the classroom. Yes, and they yeah. asked us to hold it, and yeah, yeah. we we held it in my office. It literally sat on my desk for forty five days. Yeah, however uh, many. Yeah, Rodrigo, you were out, and you mentioned to Gary that uh, you'll be out next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, for a couple of episodes, Matthew and I will be around. We're not really going anywhere. We will actually record a show. We'll actually have no lives or family. We will record a couple of shows for you. We'll record, uh, next week. We will record a major spoilers podcast on Monday and that will be out on, uh, Tuesday. And then we'll also record a, um, uh, a dueling review for release Christmas day. (laughs) And then of course we'll have, episodes of critical hit coming out this weekend and the weekend after. Uh, so you shouldn't have to worry about that. And Excellent. then we get into the week after that, which is the new year's holiday. Um, we're looking at trying to record some top fives and munchkin lands on the 30th. And we'll probably repeat that process, um, on that Monday as well with a major spoilers podcast and maybe a, uh, dueling review. Yeah, we could probably do a dueling review January 1st, right? I mean, we're not doing anything new year's day. Just, you know, recovering from a hangover is all probably. Yeah. The 31st, we've got some things going on, so we won't be able to do anything that night. But, uh, yeah, keep watching the site, man. Woo-hoo. It's going to be awesome. Watch the skies. All right. Anything else that you guys want to uh, say before we get out of here? Rodrigo, you have a safe trip and a happy holiday, and we will see you in the new year. Oh, thanks. Um, You could follow Rodrigo at Fearsome Critter. I'm sure he's got his... Uh, Tumblr all scheduled for the holidays. Yes. So you can see some awesome stuff there. You can follow, <laughs> you can follow Matthew at mighty King Cobra. Yes. And see some lovely pictures of a particular actress and or super Sentai, depending on my mood, probably alternating. Probably I may even both. You know, yeah. Well, almost certainly both. And you can follow me at major spoilers and that wraps it up for this issue. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the major spoilers experience. And most importantly, thank you for spreading the word. Please continue to spread the word throughout the next couple of weeks. And uh, boy, I'm hoping in the new year we get a podcast award. That'd be awesome. Um, We will be back next week. Like I mentioned, Matthew and I will be sitting down and we'll be doing our annual Starman collection. Yeah. Why? What are we on? Volume five, four or five. I have to go back and look. Okay. And it's because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. 
You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. When you think about a better way, if I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron, might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline, but would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe, but the downside is such a beast. Shot up in a fine be in the middle east with a king santo and soldier what a major spoiler what a major spoiler yeah 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 what a major spoiler whoa whoa whoa, whoa. what a major spoiler major spoilers is copyright 2013